0: Hello and welcome to this week's <laughs> episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I, of course, am Eric Van Allen, one of the hosts here alongside Nadia Oxford. Nadia, how are you doing today?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm all right, but uh, uh, I'll just say right up front, Cat's not here. She's playing with sea lions, I guess. Oh, they don't have them in San Diego, do they? I'm thinking San Francisco. Sorry. But she's still playing with sea lions.
2: She's normally yeah. playing with sea lions because she's in San Francisco-ish normally. But now she's not. Yeah. She's like separated from her sea lions.
0: You know, no the sea, sea lions. lions follow cat. They they or, heed or, her or, beck and call.
2: Sea lion whisper.
0: <laughs> that third voice you hear is of course Rebecca Valentine. Reb, how you doing?
2: I am in San Francisco where the sea lions are, so I'm doing all right
0: can you give us a live sea lion report can you <laughs> sea, look live out the sea window real quick
2: <laughs> well over here in san francisco or, 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 we have a whole bunch of sea lions or, or, or. they're very large and they're taking naps on the bay or whatever body of water that's supposed to be what do
0: sea lions do that's the great question i don't actually know what they do day to day they lay they there and then they make that
2: noise and then they lay there some more <laughs>
1: I think Vonnegut wrote a story about that once, where people all turned into kind of sea lions. But uh, yeah, it was, was a cat's cradle. Well, anyway, someone will fill me in. Sorry, Eric. Wait. Go ahead.
0: Okay, no. I thought you were talking about the metamorphosis. And I was like, Nadia, that was a cockroach. That wasn't a sea lion.
2: Cat, Cat Bailey awoke one morning to find herself transformed into a sea lion. <laughs> into
0: a sea lion. <laughs> into
2: a sea lion. <laughs> She's going to regret asking me to come on here.
1: Oh, she's she going usually to regret regrets a lot. whenever she's not here. <laughs> yeah. it, it usually gets pretty unhinged when she's
0: not here. Oh yeah, so cat's cat is off doing Comic Con stuff this week. But that's okay. We brought Reb on to talk all things uh, live, alive to talk all things RPG. Maybe even talk about some of the monolith stu- uh, monolith soft stuff we talked about this week. Because apparently, I've been told you are a Botan Kaitos sicko, Reb Valentine. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I didn't know Are we were you- talking about that in Kaito's this week. I'm here, though. I'm really excited now. I mean, I was excited before. Now I'm like, <laughs> now it's like so
1: triple.
0: Oh, wait, this is a Bata and Kaito's podcast. OK, let me sit up a little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So housekeeping real quick before we get into the the main topic. Uh, the Monolith Soft Special is now live for all backers. Uh, we went through the history of monolith soft through the xeno sagas and the xenoblade chronicles and even the Boten Kaitoses and such uh with our good friend derek bittner from gbg uh go listen to it i honestly think it's one of our better specials that we've done uh even if you don't play a lot of those games uh it gets real weird at multiple times. There's stuff involving the word gumption. There's an argument about how you pronounce Sabin that like tore oh, the Discord. Apart
1: yeah, week. yeah, good old Sabin. That was yeah. a good episode, I think, because you know everything about Xenoblake uh the the saga, Xenosaga, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I know everything about Chronicles and mm-hmm. Bittner knows everything about everything, so it just kind of worked out.
0: I mean it's it's a company that's fascinating to talk about. It's it's exactly. such a cool history of a company going from Xena Gears and, and Square all the way up to the way they are basically just Nintendo's number one support studio right now. Uh, it's it's a really cool place. It's a cool place to talk about. So shout outs to that. Um, go check that out. That's available for all $5 and up backers on the Patreon right now. Um, also a reminder, we have a ton of content coming up thanks to the generosity of everybody who tuned in to the trans lifeline charity stream uh, a couple weeks ago, feels like it was an eternity ago at this point. It kind of does, doesn't it? Uh, But we, we unlocked a bunch of content for that. So the persona five Pantheon episode has been made available for everyone to listen to. Uh, We are also doing a, autumn of the avatar so this autumn and someone asked this in the chat so i'm clarifying it here on on the episode we are covering avatar the last airbender yeah uh during the autumn i think it might be too much to also add in Korra because that's basically two yeah. full series
1: maybe we could do that after at a, at a future yeah. date another that, charity that being
0: said <laughs> incentive. Uh, i have a feeling because nadia has not seen any avatar before cat has not seen any avatar before.
2: Ooh, this'll be a good it, yeah. time.
0: It'll be a good time. And I have I a feeling I love that
2: for them. I love that for them. This is gonna be very exciting it's, it's for them. Great.
0: You're gonna and be so gonna much happier this? at the
2: end of this. And more they're emotionally fulfilled. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And
0: and and they're gonna see like a trailer for Korra, and they're gonna be like, okay, we're doing Korra next. Like mm-hmm. there's there is no way. I know Kat Bailey, at least on some level. And <laughs> the Legend of Korra, the Legend of Cora you is a Cat Bailey ass show. <laughs> I have met Cat Bailey. <laughs> we have opposing football teams, so we know each other better than most. <laughs> um, that's true. So we've got that coming up and we've got another episode of the quest for the Axe of the blood God, our D and D specials coming up as well. Uh, we're, we're still figuring out when that's going to be, but it'll probably be before the end of, of this year we're, we're we're aiming for that uh but that'll be live streamed as well and we will have the VOD this time oh <laughs> so right right last time I <laughs> was a problem the VOD this time uh but now that that's all of the way let, let's talk a little bit about what we're playing and and I'm gonna start with you Nadia because you are playing something topical to our special you've apparently been playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2 did you just get the urge to go back
1: yes I have I decided you know what I want to go back and play Xenoblade Chronicles 2 We'll kind of get refreshed for 3 because I don't remember a damn thing that happened in 2. That's a long ass complicated story. I played it a long ass time ago. There's no way I'm going to get up to speed by the time 3 comes out. But I'll probably... Stuff is coming back so that's all I really want. And I'm just reminded what a glorious mess of a game it is. I absolutely adore it. I'm like, oh boy time to upgrade this completely obtuse Android girl. How do we do that? We go play a video game inside of this guy's house and we collect all these parts and we collect all this money. It's like I love this. I love everything about this. And of course, Xenoblade Chronicles 2, as if you need a reminding, has incredible music. So even when things get really loopy and weird, it's just like, oh, shit, that music's just driving me home. So I don't care what I'm doing. Yeah, I'm playing that. Uh, actually, I played a little bit of Final Fantasy XIV because I got the urge to grind mm-hmm, for the Wrangler mm-hmm, gear. Mm-hmm. So I turned my cat boy into a, a cat cowboy. And uh, that was a real adventure. That was me grinding a couple of level, a couple of dungeons like unsynced for couple of days but I, I got everything and now i'm very handsome and it's like okay i got it now i'm bored with it that's just the way i play so mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. i'll go collect another series of, of, of outfits and uh, i we'll, we'll get more into this of course but i am playing the live live demo because i finished the mm-hmm, first mm-hmm. story but i didn't get the now i'm playing the the china scenario it's mm-hmm. really really mm-hmm. it's really good like i'm sure we'll, as i said we'll get into that but uh yeah that's what i'm playing and uh very exciting very exciting
0: yeah, we, we can table some of the Live Alive discussion for when we get to it. That's going to be the main topic today, obviously. Um, Reb, of course, you have been playing Live Alive. We'll discuss that in the main topic. Is there anything else you've been up to? Uh,
2: well, I, I basically the only game I've been playing lately is Live Alive, like because I reviewed it for mm-hmm. IGN, and so that was like all-consuming. But uh, the other thing I've been doing, I'm trying to read more like books, uh, mm-hmm. which I'm mm-hmm. actually being very successful at, to many people's surprise. Uh, because it's hard to like sit down and read books as an adult, I have discovered. Even though I was a yeah, pretty avid reader, yeah, very, when very, I was very, very hard.
3: Yeah, yeah, um,
2: yeah, but I've I've been setting myself goals. My goal for this year was actually pretty high. It was based off what I did last year. I did twenty. I my goal last year was twenty books, and I did twenty four. So I set oh, my good goal for you. this year at twenty four, like on average to a month, which you know. So and it's like varying lengths, right? Like sometimes I'll do a big thick boy, and sometimes I'll do like mm-hmm, you know a mm-hmm. graphic novel that I can read in a day. And I'm mm-hmm. on. I just started this morning, like on the train here. I started uh, Ernest Hemingway's "For Whom the Bell Tolls." So I'm like ten pages oh, into that. Yeah, uh, but that's yeah. a that's a thick boy. So that's going to be a long mm-hmm. one. But what I just finished actually only took me two days. Um, I don't know. Has uh, your former colleague Matt Olson ever been on this podcast?
0: I have. We had Matt on here before. I, I, he might have been a guest for an
1: episode or two, but he wasn't on very often. Okay. Yeah, well, Matt, yeah, sure. Matt
2: Olson and I are still in touch. We text each other about wrestling mostly. Um. But he uh, sent me. He sent me. He sent me an IGN T-shirt he found in his basement, which is pretty funny. Oh, uh, he included in the package a book that was written by, I believe, one of his college professors. It's called My Abandonment. So I, I think Ooh. the author's name is Peter Rock. I think that's his name. Um, I read that in two days. Uh, what a beautiful and grim story it is. Based, it is not. It is not a nonfiction book, but it is it is fiction based on a true story. Mm -hmm. It is about, uh, this, this young woman, uh, like 13 years old, this teenage girl and her father who are, they are, they are homeless, but they are homeless by choice. Uh, he, they, they are living off, he's, he's a war veteran and they're, they're living off his checks from the federal government, but they have basically like set up this, this cave in a national park, um, I believe up in, up in Oregon, uh, and they have like, they have like this very, I mean, I wouldn't call it like a good lifestyle, but they have like a functional lifestyle that they appear to value uh, in in the book. And then, you know, a, a little ways in something happens that sort of shakes up that lifestyle. And it is told from the girl's perspective. Uh, she's like kind of writing in her diary about, you know, what she experiences. And she has this sort of, you know very unusual perspective on things as someone who you know basically lives in the woods and is homeschooled Mm -hmm. by reading encyclopedias um but it's really really beautifully written and it's very it's pretty it is pretty tragic I mean it's not it's not like gruesome or any well it can be a little bit uh but it's yeah it's just it's just a really like fascinating book I, I did not know where it was going when I started reading it and And the the ending surprised me and I didn't feel happy Mm, about what I read, but I did feel glad that I read it, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. My problem with books is that I get so absorbed in them that I, I can like play video games and be like, oh, I'm done for now. I don't want to play anymore. I can do anything and be like, okay, I'm done for that for now. I can walk away from anything. I can't walk away from a book when I'm into it. I'm absolutely helpless. I'm just held in thrall. It could be, hey, Nadia, the house is on fire. I can't move and that's Uh, really bad for my production so ironically i'm a writer who can't read because i'll i won't write if i read
2: (laughs) yeah i've had a lot of success i so i read on the commute every day and i can depending on the book i can (laughs) usually get through about a chapter if it's a shorter chapter um like per 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 direction, so I get two chapters a day that way. Um, but I I mean the other thing is just like sort of looking at myself and acknowledging that if I if I'm going to read books, if that's something that I actually care about, it's going to mean taking a little chunk out of video game time and a little bit of chunk out of TV movie watching time. And mm-hmm. I I've decided that I'm okay with that. Like it's not that I have given up one or the other. It's just that some nights I'm sitting there wondering what I'm going to do that evening to wind down, and the answer is I'm going to read instead of you know watch something. It's actually especially useful on those nights when I'm just sort of scrolling through Netflix. and I'm like, I don't know what I want to watch. There's nothing on that I'm excited mm, yeah. about. And uh-huh. instead of like scrolling for 30 minutes and then watching something I don't really care about, you like, just read your dang book. Like stop being ridiculous with yourself. You know you actually want to read your book. Um, and that's I've had a lot of success with that. It's, it's worked out pretty well for me and I'm glad I'm doing it.
0: I, I was just going to say I, I need to get on that because pre, pre-pandemic, one of my usual like ways to wind down on the weekend if it was like a quiet weekend or if I just had a Sunday was like some hours some free um, I'd go to the coffee shop with a book and and get some coffee and just sit there and read for a little bit it was always like a good way to just kind of like be out and away from the apartment but not be like doing something or like going somewhere that involves plans and all that it's just something where I can like put myself somewhere else and kind of read a little bit. And I got through a lot of books that way. I read a lot of really good stuff that way. And then obviously pandemic hit and that changed a lot and completely killed most of my reading habits. So that bookcase yeah. behind me has a bunch of stuff on there that I've been meaning to get to. And I think I need to get back on that. I've oh, got some books it, on pick there. Pick it
2: up again. I so I I was the same way. I did that pre-pandemic and I, I actually started picking it up again. We're not, not post-pandemic, but once I got vaccinated, mm. especially, like, eating – now that I'm here in San Francisco, the weather's always gorgeous, so I can eat outside. Yeah. Uh, mm. But it's mm-hmm. it's actually a really good way – like, now that I'm living with someone, it's a good way to, like, get a little bit of alone time in, especially if I, like mm. – if there's a restaurant that he's not super interested in that I really want to go to. He's not a big wine guy. There is a oh, okay. beautiful yeah. little wine and cheese bar uh, oh. down in Pacifica. Nice. Uh, that's like by the bay, or I think it's the bay. It's what no, it's by the ocean. Pacific, it's that side. Um, but it like like it's it's foggy and oceany, and they have like mm-hmm, this triple mm-hmm. cream brie that is just absurd. Ooh. It is as creamy as it sounds. And I just sit there with like a glass of wine and a charcuterie that someone brings me, and I read my book for like two hours. And it's
0: sounds oh, it's, wonderful, it's a beautiful
2: adult exper- experience. I think everybody should eat by themselves sometimes.
0: Yeah, I that is can I float something out there? And this is something that I had to overcome myself is like the fear of doing things alone. Yeah. And like, so one of the big ones for me was like, I never wanted to go to the movies by myself. And once I got over that, Oh my God, going by, going by yourself to the movies owns it whips. You don't have to wait for anybody. You get to like, just hang out. You get to just chill. If you're at like an Alamo, you can get whatever food you want. You don't have to feel self-conscious about it. Like, you just have a good time and you get up and you leave and that's it It's just a nice yep. little moment for yourself do do things you for yourself take you yourself have to explain, on
2: a date you don't have to explain how you felt about the movie afterward if you don't want to yeah. you can just like keep that mm-hmm. to yourself if you feel like it mm-hmm. i did that when mm-hmm. i when i i got divorced a few years ago and then i got really sick and went to the hospital and i couldn't do anything mm-hmm. And then I finally, like, the very first thing that I ventured, because I did, like, grocery shopping. That was the only thing I was able to, like, get up and do outside the house. And the very first thing I did outside the house to entertain myself was I, in my p- full pajamas, like, brought a big fluffy blanket with me, too. And I went to the movies in pajamas and a blanket, and I watched Wreck-It Ralph 2 by myself. I had done uh, Wreck-It Ralph 1. wonderful. I had oh, no okay. idea what was going on, but it was great. It was, yeah, like, a beautiful yeah. experience. That was my, yeah, I should do stuff by myself more often. This rules.
0: Mm-hmm. self-care of the blood god that's what this is about this week <laughs> <laughs> that's what we were talking about uh speaking of self-care uh i'm back down at final fantasy 14 hole y'all <laughs> I, hey, went, yeah. I went right back uh, down oh oh sweet Derek. sweet embrace i've been gone so long and and walker has you. me in its grasp i've been messaging you where i'm at nadia and yeah. i'm further than the last time i messaged you
1: I, all that matters to me is that you met the the naming
0: ways. Yes. Oh, my God. So I'm going to be very vague because obviously I don't want to say Endwalker spoilers on here or anything like that. Um, but the new Beast Tribe, whatever they call them, that they introduce for this expansion is not only the cutest thing I have ever seen in a video game ever, but... Uh, it is also the most Final Fantasy nostalgia thing I've ever seen. If Cat Bailey, we can't let Cat Bailey see this because Cat would see it and be like, I told you Final Fantasy XIV is just a bunch of nostalgia and stuff. And she'd be right in this one circumstance. She would be absolutely correct. We <laughs> can't let her see this and be justified. But um, yeah, that expansion is is slow to start. And I yeah. think... A lot of it also has to do with the fact that Shadowbringers by like its structure is very much like a separate story, like it basically takes place in a vacuum. It has larger implications for what happens in 14, but it largely takes place in a vacuum from the events of everything else. And so like Endwalker kind of has to get you back into everything that's been happening with the broader story at large. Uh, which I think made Shadowbringers feel almost like an RPG in and of itself. Like it was this yeah, separate RPG sure. you went and played during Final Fantasy Fourteen. That being said, N Walker has the most slappiest music I've ever heard. It is so good, it is is so, so incredible. Uh, it also has fantastic encounters wonderful choices for like icons and boss battles and things like that. Just some really good polls and really interesting interpretations of those things. Uh, And then just a lot of ways in which this game continues to surprise me. I mean, I was sitting there. I was, I was like, we, I have played through all the way from the beginning of this game on December 28th, 2021 to now it is July as we are recording July 22nd, 2022. And I am Halfway through Endwalker, um, that's a lot of Final Fantasy 14 in a very small amount of time. Sakaguchi would be proud. Um,
1: yeah, but, you're doing the Sakaguchi run.
0: Yeah, I'm doing the Sakaguchi run. Uh, but uh, what a game! What an MMO! I never thought an MMO could bite me like this. And I think the one thing I was curious about, and why my like month or two gap between Shadowbringers and Endwalker. Uh, I was like, am I going to be able to jump back in? Is that still going to be there? I burned out on Yakuza, for example. I went really right. hard on the Yakuza series, and I burned out because of how much I just played them all in a row. And so I haven't played like three, four, and five because by the time I was in Kawami 2, I was like, yeah. I am so burned out on playing all this Yakuza. I have Kiwami 2 is a bit of a
2: slog with... too.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have not felt that with 14 at all. Like coming back in it was like a warm blanket. it was like uh, a nice uh, cup of milk, a warm cup of milk and a chocolate chip cookie like it was coming home you know and and I cannot believe this game is like that so that's you that's haven't my seen update. anything
1: yet that's my favorite thing it's just I know like, oh, I know man. there's
0: some emotional <laughs> highs that are gonna happen. They've already pulled some gut punches I did not expect yeah uh, and yeah. I know there's much more on the way uh, just from some of the story implications of what they've done so far.
1: It's but. not too much of a spoiler to say that Endwalker has my favorite ro- line reading in a video game, and that's when uh, Living Way says, What are they saying? I can't. <laughs> no, no, How does it go exactly? She's like, well, What are they saying? Damn damn saying? Ears. <laughs> <laughs> these ears, I can hear bugger all. A little yeah. tiny rabbit <laughs> <laughs> squealing that. And that <laughs> same, these ears, I can bugger all. In
0: that same section, when Urianej is like, And you. We haven't met yet. What's your name? Pudding Way. I'm <laughs> just like, I will defend Pudding Way with my uh, life.
1: Put, defend defend Pudding Way at all costs.
0: um But yeah, it's wh- what a game. What a game. Really just solidifying my belief that this is one of the best RPGs out there right now. uh Hit me in the comments if you disagree, but. Uh, you are wrong.
1: <laughs> I will have you um, on Charlene Dropouts. Pro not this month, when, but probably When when
0: I yeah, when I finish Endwalker, which will probably be not by August, but like sometime in early August, because I don't see myself slowing down anytime soon, yeah. even with Live Alive and Blade on my Switch pretty soon. Um I, I, I'm, I'm cruising.
2: I'm s- still in a realm reborn. Like I stopped. I couldn't it's just it's just w- very- was it-
0: was it the cheese? Was it the wine and cheese? No Ooh, wine and cheese. It's,
2: no, it's just I. It's just hard to like. I'm not compelled by this. Like everyone talks, it's just I know. I know it I have to get through. I know I have to get through a realm reborn to get to the good stuff. But why? Mm, why I do I have need to, to get put through realm reborn?
1: In, why do I have to? Something put in... that they changed, Rab, that might help you out a lot is that they made it so that realm reborn you can go through dungeons without waiting for anyone now you have npcs that help no, you dungeons. but we're doing the
2: story is the thing like imran and i are playing together and we're trying to like do the story and it's just a lot of like teleporting back and forth between towns
3: making mm-hmm. yeah, sense. i
2: just it's not that i it's not that i'm not like enjoying it i mean i'm not but uh I just have better things to do. Every time the topic of Final Fantasy XIV comes up, I have better things to do. But I want to. I want to. Like, did it. you get a
1: chocobo? When you get a chocobo? Yeah, it really helps yeah, we things got, along. It doesn't
2: help because I, I'm still teleporting between this little, like, like house that we're all holed up in doing, you know, secret organization things. Oh, okay. And then, so you like, met
0: the scions. And oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah at yeah. the Waking Sands. Okay.
2: Yeah, you we have vouchers fought, uh, for the Waking Sand. We fought uh, the big red summon, the big scary fireman. Ifrit. Yeah, we fought him. Um, But yeah, and now there's like problems with like the wind people or something. And we solved that.
0: Are you done? Okay, so you had the thing where you come back and like stuff has happened back there at the Waking Sands while you were gone. Yeah, that was the part that got me a little bit. I was like, okay, okay, that's fair. It got me a little bit because I was like, oh, Oh, there's like some stakes here. This isn't just like go fight the bosses and stuff. Um, yeah, I'm
3: trying. I'm trying try it for again you. sometime. I
0: would I would take it. I would take it slow. I would not try and just blast through will it because I think I some
2: Sakaguchi it.
0: Well, no, I don't know how he does that. I think some people will tell you that like, oh, Realm Reborn's bad. Just like blast through it, you know, and like I think the thing that I ended up liking the most about realm reborn is that it sets a world up for you that once they are done building that world, then they get to start playing with it and doing things with it. And sadly, like a lot of that doesn't come to fruition until you start getting near the end of realm reborn and then into some of the post patches. But the patch, like I think it's what 2.3 or something leading into heaven's word. Um, Infamous, infamous, moment in in 14 history is often considered like the moment where 14 got real and all that um that is the one that most people when they're like oh just get through realm reborn they want you to get to that part okay and so i would yeah i'd say that's maybe it is like 40 to 50 hours of investment is is (laughs) the dumb part and like that is a lot but i think if you get there and you still are not moved then you're not gonna like it it's not for you it's all good yes pray return to the waking sands on the billboard
2: <laughs> yeah right no that's it and, yeah I, I I believe everybody I do think it's like maybe slightly at odds with the fact that like I've I've spent so much time in world of Warcraft um,
1: oh that'll do it too that's you're going yeah. to get dragged back to world of Warcraft during dragonflight I have to um, say the dragon's flight stuff looks kind of cool I like dragons so I'm I, always I just like paying attention
0: I straight up don't alpha. get it.
2: I'm in the alpha. It's pretty fun, but yeah, I mean, well, I think Wow. The problem with Wow is Wow is not fun unless you are playing the current expansion. Like, right. like it, there's mm. not a. It's not just play through Wow vanilla and then when you hit Burning Crusade, it gets fun. No, none of that is fun anymore until you're on the current expansion. The fun part of Wow is the rating and the the top level content. That's the fun bit, uh, and I, I think it's just like impossible to get new players in. But I, I hear that Final Fantasy 14 maybe gets better sooner. Uh, so maybe maybe I'll try to put a little more time in I, at some point. When I don't I love have Warcraft, many things to do.
0: I love Warcraft Three. I I do not see any appeal in World of Warcraft. No, the, don't do it. It's
2: okay.
0: The the world. I I don't know what it is. What is it? It looks. It's so different when it's like top down. It's a strategy game, and I like it. But when you're like in the world and they're trying to like tell serious stories, I'm like. Everybody looks goofy. <laughs> yeah,
2: they do. No, they do. One hundred percent. Everybody do. looks do. like
0: a reboot character. <laughs> it's
2: completely true. I actually, it's really no. It's really funny actually because like they're... so like Dragonflight is in alpha right now. so a lot of like streamers and content creators are like, oh, mm-hmm. we got a new model for Caligos or whatever, and they post like a they post like an image of Caligos. He's this blue dragon, but he's mm-hmm. also he can then turn to a person. Like the dragons have like human forms, and they post like an image of Caligos' new model. and They're like, oh my god, he looks so good. He looks so hot. And I'm like, I are we looking at the same image let,
0: let me it tell looks like you a
2: goofball no
0: you you want hot let me tell you about sir amric let me tell you oh. about estinian the dragoon let me tell you about urianje once urianje starts dressing down <laughs> wearing, the only, wearing less nerd. and going out more
2: <laughs> the only hot character in world of warcraft is uh rathion
0: rath who is Wrath-
2: Rathion. Uh I will. I will post a picture. One moment, please.
0: I do not know who Rathion
2: is. Stars of Death So Destiny, in in World
1: of Warcraft, do you get to be like a dragon person. Like this seems like it's a new race. Does that mean you get to like? It's a new, a whole new race. Like starting a new race in Final Fantasy, or does it work differently? Yeah, oh, okay. yeah. It's, you get okay. to be a
2: dragon person now. That's Rathion. Rathian hot. Okay.
0: Yeah, it's it's a pyro dragon dude. Yeah, okay. he
2: actually looks okay in engine too. Uh, like i mean, not. I, I he the, still looks goofy. Like everybody looks goofy, but he actually looks okay. Um, yeah. yeah it's not bad. No, he's, the, he's not. The hoop, at all. I
0: take a swing. The hoop earrings are oh, yeah. are an accessory choice. Is he a oh, pirate? Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. He's
2: a he's a. I mean, no, he's not a pirate. Uh, he could oh, okay. be, I guess, if he wanted to. No, he's a he's a, a dragon. He's the last of the Black Dragon Flight. Uh, and his whole deal is the Black Dragon Flight was like evil for a really long time, and his mm-hmm, dad was mm-hmm. like the really evil one. Uh, and he recognizes that his dad was bad, and so he's trying not to be his dad. But he also, like, maybe has his own motivations for doing things that may not always be, like, the purest and the best. So he's kind of, like, straddling this line between good and evil. And everyone's like, ooh, what's he going to do next? Ooh.
0: Have you been watching The Bear on Hulu?
2: Oh, I have. He
0: gives off main I character of The Bear vibes. No, he's just got the same, oh, like, kind of dirtbag like Carmy vibes. Yeah, he's got Carmy vibes from really? The Bear. Really? Oh, he I gives me that. carmy vibes. I thought you said this, carny for
1: a second there. This,
0: this no, dude, no, no. I can see him rocking a man bun and working the line no. in, in, a, in a food he would service never, job.
2: He would never get his hands dirty.
0: Or or becoming a pirate. <laughs> one of the two. <laughs>
2: no. No. I, I don't know. I'll educate <laughs> you on Rathion sometime. We, I, I have derailed us very...
0: Next Blood God special, oh, Rathion. World of
1: Warcraft. Um, Rathion yeah. fan fiction.
0: Well, folks, oh. it's time now. Oh, did, no, we can't go into fan fiction. That's going to no. take us way off. <laughs> That's
2: going to be. Uh, don't Google that. <laughs> it's time. Today
1: on Don't Google That. Don't Google That.
0: It's time now for a series of random encounters. Mojang says no to NFTs and blockchain in Minecraft. They do block the blockchain in the block game. Thank God. Meanwhile, Square Enix is doing a weird Final Fantasy figure NFT thing. Still I don't know not. what that's
1: about. It's something to
0: do with a figurine engine. I don't know. It's very strange. Square Enix keeps being weird. NSO gets Fighters History Kirby Avalanche and Diva. Ubisoft delays Avatar and cancels several games, including an upcoming Ghost Recon. Uh, Very strange financial call, mm. but that is Ubisoft at the end of the day. Uh, Owners of P5 Royal on PS4 will not be able to upgrade to the PS5 version. You gotta get that new version, y'all. Oh, Uh, come on. Bloodlines 2 development is... In good hands, I'm doing air quotes here, (laughs) but it it won't be at PDX con and they're still not saying who's working on it. So who's to say? Everything's great. Don't worry about it. And QA workers at Blizzard Albany, aka former Vicarious Visions, uh, have announced their intent to unionize. Uh, That is another group of QA workers at Activision Blizzard who are working on unionizing. So shout outs to the folks at Albany. Uh, but our top story this week, we got a new look at Yakuza 8 from the strangest of places. <laughs> um, we got a off-screen video tour of Sega Sammy where an MMA fighter, Mikuru Asakura, uh, who's likely to appear in Yakuza 8, the, the video does show him getting face scanned and all that. Uh, there, There was also just footage of... Yakuza that was playing on the computer screens and they just film it like it's this behind the scenes tour <laughs> and they're just like yeah look that's the here's some yakuza look at uh, this very <laughs> very strange situation uh but we have now seen Ichiban who looks to have his hair pulled back I do not think he has cut off the the giant mane but oh, good. Uh, he does seem to cut have it. his hair pulled back we also see Adachi and Namba um I don't know. little else is known. We did know the sequel was in the works. That the next Yakuza was going to be a sequel to Like a Dragon. So it's nice to have confirmation that these three are back. Uh, still nothing on uh, Saiko or Eri. Uh, I would love to see Eri return. Eri won't come, come back.
2: Eri won't come back. Because because her whole Managed thing was-, min- was...
0: mini game. <laughs> no,
2: I know. But she was like, I mean, and I'm sure they'll still have like absurd games like that. But- uh... Like like Ari's whole thing was that she was like a cameo, really. Right? Like she's a real like a like a celebrity right, or a, a, real a movie person, person yeah. and it sounds like this MMA fighter is going to sort of fill that same role. Like like I assume this MMA fighter that is in it is going to be like an optional character you can add to your party that sort of that, does the same thing, I, where they're not like really in cutscenes or relevant to the plot, but you can bring them right. along. Like like that that's kind of what they do
0: yeah Yakuza's has done this before where they've had like bad guys or side quest characters or stuff like that be face scanned in celebrities not to the level that like hideo kojima puts people in his video games but yeah no kidding uh, they, they do have these guest cameos but um yeah i mean yakuza 8 i'm excited i'd love to hear more about it in an official capacity uh it feels like we're about ready although lost judgment was last year but uh rgg studio has been rolling along but they did have a leadership change up as well so um it's curious when this is going to land but i mean are y'all excited for a new yakuza y'all excited about the idea of a new yakuza so
1: behind on yakuza that i can't be excited like i want to be and i'm glad this series endures but i really 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 gotta catch up
2: Oh, I'm so stoked! I loved Seven. I I'm like mm-hmm. a little. I'm kind of sad that Sayako is not in it. Like that, she doesn't seem to be permanently part of the trio. Like I thought, Yakuza Seven was sort of taking a step forward, and hey, we're gonna mm-hmm. put like women in the party. We're gonna let them kick ass, and I was really excited about that. Um, and I really liked Sayako, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was sort of. I'm kind of worried they're gonna bring her back as like an NPC or something, mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. make her get captured or some crap. I don't know. Um, but I, I, I'm, I'm stoked. I thought Seven was great. I love the new RPG direction of this series, and I'm like,
1: yeah, like, for sure. Please.
2: I'm also very happy that they've sort of handed off the keys. Like, I mean, I don't want to spoil like a Dragon, but there are moments in like a Dragon where it's very clearly a handoff from
3: mm-hmm. what
2: Yakuza had been before to what Yakuza is now. Um, and I'm glad they're like committing to that. I think, I think that's a really powerful thing to do in terms of a story that's been running for so many so many entries and I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with with good old Ichiban.
0: Yeah. There's, there's a side of me that really dug some of the cameos that happen in like a dragon. And I think oddly enough, there's one with a more beloved character that I didn't like as much. Whereas the other one involving two beloved characters was more affecting for me because I was like, Oh yeah, of course they're going to turn up. Of course they're going to be involved in the things that we are currently doing, but um i i do really want to see them just go in on ichiban and on this character and on his development i'm curious where they go with it because it does leave there there's a lot up in the air and they could kind of go a lot of different places um with this character but i really do want to see them really tighten the gears on the rpg combat I think they have a really, really good foundation for what they did, but there's some stuff that I would love to see them just fine tune and craft. I think we said this during the top 25 RPGs was that Like a Dragon is probably one of the better RPGs that has come out in the last five years, but it needs a sequel to really hit that status where it's going to be in contention with some of the best of all time. And I do think it has at least the material, it has the the power to do that, but uh, it, it needs some of that fine-tuning. I think some of the stuff around where characters were standing and the way they kind of just like shovel back and forth and do contextual things without a lot of control over what they're doing and things like that um, could be fine-tuned a little bit. The class system could be For upgraded sure, yeah. a little bit. Um, I didn't like how... First of all, that some of the classes were uh, gender locked, even though that is a very like Dragon Quest thing to do. Um, I think they could have had a little bit more fun with that and done some more interesting things. But I think in general, uh, by the end of that game, I was very locked into what felt like the meta for that game and and, like the most effective party. And I'd like to see some more variety to change that up. So,
2: yeah, I mean, I think Uh, the thing that would actually like have made that better is it it, when they described the class system to me, the vibe it gave, gave off is, hey, like, Spec into this class, try it out for a while, see what you think, and then you mm-hmm. can switch up at any time, and you won't be like super penalized for it. But, but you have to
0: go back to that job l- thing, don't you? Yeah, yeah.
2: And you, but you also have to like like level up that mm-hmm. class again, mm-hmm. and and it's like very time consuming after a certain point. And so yeah, you de- you hit a point like not even midway through the game where it is just such a pain in the ass. To level, uh-huh. can I say ass uh-huh. on this podcast? I forget. You absolutely uh, can. Oh, good, thank you. Uh, it's it's just such a pain in the ass to level anything up, and so you're basically like, okay, I guess I'll Google what the best builds are and just like do that for the rest of the game. But I thought it was a really like for a, for a studio that's done just action games entirely up to this point. I was impressed at how sophisticated this was, and and how and how unique too. I mean, like like it it is very Dragon Quest-y. But but there there was a lot going on with that system, especially with the ways they incorporated elements of the old action combat system, like you know grabbing random pieces of scenery and flipping yeah, around. Yeah, that's but,
0: pretty clever. And I
2: thought I thought it was quite good. I was I was very impressed.
0: Um, Sardin in the chat is asking, "Does Dragon Quest have gender law classes?" I thought I remember it having that. No, cause...
1: I'm thinking. I was thinking about that when he said it, and I don't think it does. No, every which one am class... I?
0: wasn't there like a Game Boy one where you could change around their classes and. Some could only spec into certain classes. or am I Unless thinking you're of talking about game? Dragon
1: Quest Monsters, which I never really played. Um... I think I might
0: be talking about, I oh, might okay. be thinking of Dragon Quest Monsters. Either Dragon Quest Monsters, or maybe it was like, I'm I'm getting it mixed up in my head with the job system of, like, tactics or something. That might be. Tactics Advance, I think, has at least a few gender locked. But that is also, as they note, like, Fire Emblem is more of a thing as well. Um, but I could have sworn there was a Dragon Quest one. Like on the Game Boy that had that very specifically, yeah, dancer and bard, yeah. Um, anyways, (laughs) the history of gender log classes in RPGs. (laughs) Look forward to our next. Look forward to it. Um, yeah, I want to see what Yakuza Eight is doing. I do think this is a good way forward for the series, and also like they still have Judgment on the side if they want to go do more brawler type stuff. Uh, if they want to go do some of that classic beat-em-up stuff. But I also feel like, I don't know, Yakuza 0 was like the height of that combat system for me. Even I felt 6 did not match up to how versatile and fun the the two characters with their three play styles were in 0. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see for that. But yeah, no, I I really... Ichiban's the best. Ichiban might as well be like the patron saint of the Blood God for us. Like Ichiban is basically a Blood God listener. Uh, so, oh yeah, he'd love the outs. podcast. <laughs> we could
1: chill about Dragon Quest for hours.
0: Exactly.
4: This week's episode of Acts of the Blood God is brought to you by NordVPN. In Pokemon use repels to stop random encounters because sometimes you just don't want monsters coming in to your computer and NordVPN helps that. That was a very tortured and wonderful comparison. But the point is NordVPN is very, very good. It uses WireGuard VPN technology, multi hop, split tunneling, and Tor connections in numerous service locations and meshnet features. So many technological terms, but the point is NordVPN, very good. And that's why we are letting them sponsor this week's episode of Axel Blood God.
0: Yeah, I think my internet needs protection. My internet is dangerous and out there all alone on the high seas. And so I think going over to NordVPN and using Blood God, that is NordVPN.com slash Blood God to get a huge discount on my NordVPN plan sounds like a good idea.
1: Let me tell you friends of the show, I am a stranger in the northern wilds of Canada And if you are like me, if you are a Canadian, you know how badly our streaming services suck. So, NordVPN can let you get around that by letting you set your settings to whatever country you want. Therefore, uh,
4: you are not restricted by the whims of the CRTC. Do it. Go ahead and level up your privacy by grabbing NordVPN. Grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus free threat protection plus one additional month for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee.
0: And now let's talk about our main topic. Live a live.
1: Live Alive. Five Alive is no, like the awful citrus drink. No, no.
2: If you're going to do that, I'm... No. No. Don't do that. Oh, my God.
0: Leave a Alive. I'm going to leave a leave if you keep doing that.
2: No kidding. I did the review. I did the review. It's Live Alive, obviously. I did the review uh, yes, for yes. IGN. We do video reviews. So I did the voiceover. And, you know, like the first line of my review is, you know, something like, in Live Alive or whatever, you know, something like that. And so, like... Immediately, I have, like, five comments on that video that are like, you pronounced it wrong. Like, (laughs) I didn't. Stop it.
0: Everyone who says that, I want them to, like, take a moment and say out loud, live a live, and just be like, that sounds wrong. Like, that doesn't sound right. Like, that, your brain should reject that as, like, incorrect English. I like the
1: the edits that say, uh, live a live Laugh a laugh, love a love.
0: That's pretty good.
2: Mine was uh, my my subhead for my review was live, laugh, live.
0: <laughs> um, live Alive is out. It is a HD 2D remake of the original game, which never came to Western shores until now. Uh, we finally got an official port. Um, I will say up front, we have talked about the demo on here. Um, I expressed a bunch of my thoughts on the demo already. Uh, we'll probably get into more of those thoughts as we go in. But the thing I wanted to lead off with is. Reb, you have played the the entirety of I sure this have. game. I sure you have. have you have truly lived alive. <laughs> and mm. uh, <laughs> I'm going to make as many jokes as I can because no one can stop me. I got the keys. This is Cat's mistake. <laughs> and, um what were kind of your prevailing thoughts? And by the way, everyone who wants in-depth thoughts, please go read Reb's excellent review on IGN.com. Please click on it. Uh, and and also then open the YouTube video in a separate tab and watch at least <laughs> a minute of it. Uh, support the media <laughs> Thank you. that you enjoy. But uh so much. Uh, it's a very good review. But Thank for you. those who are here with us right now, what are kind of some of your takeaways? And maybe even takeaways that, you know, as you review a game, you, you get to kind of like stew on it even after you've written the review and thought about it. So, so where are you at right now with live alive?
2: Oh man, I really loved it. I mean, I really, really loved it a lot. I, I was not expecting, I, I didn't know. Um, I sort of, I sort of signed up for it on a whim too. Like I didn't know anything about it before. Um, I, like I, I I sort of got it like like i put my name on the review sheet just sort of like oh haha jrpg like you know little sprite guys sure i'll play it (laughs) but i mean i think i think that the the thing that like got me in was this unusual story structure right because i'm Mm -hmm, i mm -hmm. love weirdo rpgs like like Moon, Moon that I talk about all the time. Moon is a weirdo RPG. I love stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the, this is like seven, di- seven totally separate like vignettes that are like like apparently unrelated to one another. And it's a story told across seven separate vignettes. And it was only released in Japan. It never made it over here um, until now. And so I was just intrigued by this premise. And I I really enjoyed my time. And I was sitting there. Uh, and I'm not I'm not going to spoil this for really, people. Like I promise I'm not going to spoil anything like meaningful for people. It's like a 25 hour long game ish and like the seven vignettes you're playing through them and you kind of notice there's like there is like an interconnecting thread between them uh you're kind of like oh i remember th- this thing that i am seeing now is similar to this other thing i have seen before okay i understand a little bit about what's going on here and as they, as you they think they're all like very different they're all very interesting so some of the individual vignettes have like really cool twists uh, that I was not expecting. Some of them do interesting things with mechanics. Like uh the Edo Japan chapter is it's presented up front to you. You can do this whole thing completely pacifist if you want. Like only yeah. like you, you still have to kill a couple of ghosts and like monsters, but they don't count as kills. But you can do it without killing any humans, or you can murder like go out of your way to murder literally everybody in the mansion, which feels like proto Undertale. It's really cool. Uh, which this game absolutely inspired Toby Fox. The boss battle theme is called Megalomania. So yeah, I mean you know. Uh, nice. Uh, but yeah, like, like there's all these like cool mechanics and like weird things going on. There's a chapter with no combat at all. Uh, and and I'm just like fascinated by where it's going. And then I was kind of expecting, by the time I got through these seven vignettes, I was expecting there to be like, like a little something more, like to sort of just wrap it all up. And I was sort of thinking, okay, maybe we'll get like, like an extra boss battle or like maybe a short, like half chapter or something to sort of just like tie it all together in some way. I I had no idea what to expect. And again, I'm not going to tell you what it is because it's, it's really good. Uh, but what I got just like, just like made my brain explode. <laughs> Head explode. The, there is a whole second act, basically, to that <laughs> game. Like, a, a not, yeah, I, I don't want to like say what, how that works out, but there's basically like a whole second half after the seven vignettes that you should not spoil for yourself. You should just go for. Uh, and it is it is so cool what it does, the way it ties those stories together, uh, the way it surprises you. Um, I really love games that make me suspicious of what the game is actually trying to do or what mm. it wants me to do. <laughs> I love like there there was a moment where I was doing this thing in like the second half and I like like looked at the game and I, I stared at it for a minute and I was like, hey, what gives? And I realized that something clicked and I realized like one level one like next level of what was actually happening and I just like started yelling and it was so cool. And I think, I I think live alive, just like it's it that, I mean, people love to use the phrase that something sticks the landing, like that, just like that absolute, Mm, like you mm, have mm. nailed this ending. It is so good. And I will say this too, again, like I really don't want to spoil it for people, but a thing I learned, so I, I finished the game and I loved it. And I like wrote this glowing review and on the morning that it published somebody who knows the game from its Japanese release who had been like looking up Leap stuff online, texted me and was like, "Did you know that this thing in the ending is new content?" And really, my brain exploded again because it fits so seamlessly in with the rest of it that I thought, like, surely that I mean, I, I didn't even think anything of it. It didn't it, like it was so perfect. It was literally like this perfect part. It was one of the things that I loved the most, and I cannot believe this was not in the original release. And so it. It, it was just, it was seamless and it was beautiful and it made sense and yeah, I don't know. It's It's just such an incredible weird RPG. You can see the bones of Chrono Trigger in this because it was being right. worked on. It came out the year before but it was being worked on at Square at the same time that Chrono Trigger was and you can see like, I mean, I, I don't know like, uh, There's some cross crossover between like some of the people worked on both, but not everybody. But I mean, you know, when a group of people work in a development studio together, obviously they talk to each other. And so you can mm-hmm. see like some of the themes, like some of the ideas that clearly these people were talking about on the regular or thinking about or trying to express. You can see a lot of the bones of Chrono Trigger in this. Uh, you can see like 50% of what made Undertale Undertale, or I guess like 33% if you consider Undertale, like this moon and Earthbound all merged together somehow. Um yeah, it is. It is really good. I think it is a cool historical piece. I think the HD 2D upgrade is really beautiful. Um, I think I I understand why it didn't succeed in its time, but I think that most of what makes it good now was there from the beginning. It just sort of needed that little extra push, uh, both from the graphics, the English release, and the uh, the extra content. Like I, I actually think the extra content is sort of like the last little bit that it needed to just push over the edge, but it's it's a pretty good game guys
1: yeah i'm excited to to keep on going like i said earlier i've done like part of the demo and i'm gonna finish the demo and grab the rest most likely
0: yeah it's i'm glad we have you on because i think there is kind of two different ways of approaching this and i think it's a very interesting difference compared to other remakes that we've had so say for example cat's not here we can talk about final fantasy 7 remake uh we, <laughs> we can um we can bring up the idea that that is a game that has been picked apart for years and played so much people are going to be very intimately familiar with the details and they're going to be little literal uh, ghosts in the remake that try and make sure that those details stay in it, it becomes like a self-referential work because of the entire philosophical problem of trying to remake something like that right right whereas live alive almost has the benefit of just like western audiences are not that familiar with it unless they have gone out of the way purposefully to play this and even then it is if you go back and look at footage of the original snes live alive compared to the hd2d it is an incredible upgrade it is like i I know we have we have talked about how beautiful hd2d looks in certain games before i think this this might top it for me. This might top top it for me. I love triangle strategy. I love Octopath. I love the way they look. This might be just a hair above. And I think it's because of the material it's working with because it's got these like these tropes, these like very recognizable characters, these very like we've got this street fighter style fighting tournament that one of the characters is competing in. And we've got this like wild West theme. That's like very, Outlandish and evocative, and and like the the far future with that cute little robot who never fights uh, because he's, Eric, he's the little guy.
2: Do you like Do you like Gundam, Eric?
0: Oh, oh. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk about Gundam later on this oh, podcast. Don't I'm, worry, but <laughs> I'm being
2: silly. But do you like Gundam?
0: Oh, I do like some Gundam.
2: There's a whole Gundam chapter, bud.
0: <laughs> mm, mm. See, that's that's how you wrote me in, but and
2: it's like so well done. There's like a, oh my god. There's like a whole music video. Like they have they have like this. The what? song with lyrics and like, like, oh my the, ending, like the ending like the ending of Macross
0: in- movie, like where they've got like somebody singing while there's a battle happening and stuff. I don't
2: know what that is, but uh there's there's basically like an anime intro in the gundam chapter oh okay it's gotcha so gotcha that's pretty it's awesome a, it's not a, it's not an actual animated anime intro but it is it's is a thing done in the game that is staged and choreographed like an anime intro it's it's oh, great excellent. that chapter is a really good example of the he2d if if you watch my video review there are a couple <laughs> there are a couple spots in it where it compares the graphics between the two and you can see but if you look at like the it's the near future chapter the near future chapter in the original was just mm, like very mm-hmm. gray and drab uh, but in the HD two D, they have made it just gorgeously green, and there's like like plants blowing and like tree leaves rustling, and this beautiful blue sky, and then like the glint off of the big mech that you see at the very beginning, and it's just like it's very colorful and like vivid and lovely, and uh, the sunlight streaming through. Ah, oh, it's really pretty.
0: Well, let's talk about. So we talked about the the, the narrative structure is already yeah. very intriguing. It's something that I. Funnily enough, Reb, I went through the comments on the YouTube review specifically because <laughs> I wanted, to, I wanted to see what the people said. I wanted to see yeah. what a modern, just pulled off the street gamer thinks of Live Alive. I was genuinely curious. I was curious enough to read the comments of a YouTube video. So that tells you how curious. Yeah, <laughs> it tells was. you something. Um, and of course, there's there's always going to be people. there are like, oh. Oh, what is this? This isn't God of War Ragnarok. Mid. Right. And like that's like that's all, you know, in there. I did think it was funny that a lot of people are going, like, oh, so this is like Octopath Traveler. And I was like, Yeah. No, Octopath there... is, is like this, but right, know, no, yeah, there, there are multiple
2: yeah. people who are like, oh, like, why why are we doing this? Octopath Traveler did it a few years ago, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you sweet summer child.
0: <laughs> I think that's I think that's interesting, and maybe even I don't know. There is a part of me that almost wishes that I, I was surprised that Nintendo, you know, is, is putting the push out there on this at all. Cause Nintendo was doing, I think did the publishing for this and then also did, yeah. um, like put it in the direct and all that. But I do kind of wish there was a little bit more out there that was like, Hey, this game inspired a ton of stuff the same way that I think moon again is another good one to point to as like, this game was massively influential in ways that you do not fully comprehend yeah. but if you like X and y you will probably love live alive and and stuff like that uh but the other thing that has really struck me as I, I played the demo as well and I'm looking forward to booting into it tonight after the podcast the the full game mm-hmm. it is it is one battle system it is a single yeah. battle system one. But the things they do with that battle system, the ways oh. in which they create textures for each of these stories, different ways in which you have to think about how this system works, depending on what character you are playing as. Yeah. And oh. and some characters, their whole thing is just like the, the ninja character, I think is a great one that, yeah. that I also think is maybe one of the better intros to what this game is doing, because you are making constant choices about whether to fight or, or not fight right to kill or not kill because the ninja is very good at killing and gets better at killing the more he does it. Right. Mm -hmm. But there is this sort of toll that the game kind of, every time you kill somebody, your character's like, uh, I killed another man today. (laughs) I, I haven't looked into much of how that pans out into like endings for his route or anything like that. Uh, I'm assuming that there's, they're not yeah. going to count that number and then not tie something into it, right? But there, there's
2: slight variations. I, you're not going to ruin your game if you murder everybody, but there, there, oh are good, multiple, oh, there boy.
0: Are, everybody's are, going then.
2: <laughs> no, it's actually, I mean, it is, it is very like, oh, Undertale stole this, stole this. It was, mm-hmm. it inspired Undertale because there are different slight variations depending on if you kill no one, uh, mm-hmm. if you, if you go out of your way to literally hunt down everyone, which is hard to do. It's like an yeah. unmetile genocide route. Like, like there are multiple things in place so that if you're just casually killing anyone you happen to run into, you will not get anywhere close to killing everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a variation if you just kill a couple people. There's a variation if you kill... Uh, if you... So there's like men and women in the manner and like if you mm. just yeah. kill if you just kill men like that's one thing but if you happen to kill women as well then that like gives you a different variation. And yeah, there's mm. like all these different like slight, slight shifts depending and on And that's just
0: you know, one like, path. That's just one of one the paths. path. path. That, is, yeah. that is
2: one of the more like like detailed ones. I think I think Edo Japan is probably the most complicated one certainly. Mm. Uh mm-hmm. but yeah, it it does it does have like various impacts. I actually think Imperial China if you want a good place to start, I think that one's the best one to start with. Uh, because the whole premise of that chapter is the the master is training a successor. Mm-hmm. And so what you base, it's a very battle heavy chapter, you'll be battling a lot. Uh, but it's basically you have one guy who's already max level, he's real strong. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, you know, some people who are not max level. And it's basically training them up and they they can learn his techniques as you level them up. And so it's basically like, like learning how his moves work and then passing them on to this other group of people uh, and like, you know, helping them sort of figure out things. And so it's a really good like trading wheels chapter. If you're not sure where to start. Kat, I actually realized that when I was talking to Kat about it, because she, she started with Imperial China. She's like, why is this battle system so easy? Does it ever get harder? And I'm like, oh, Kat, <laughs> don't worry about it.
0: That's that's like someone playing Fire Emblem for the first time, and they have like um, the the knight character that you the always night, get the at the start. Yeah, yeah. yeah the the set. Set. you just like roll through everybody, and you're like, "Wow, this is so easy!" And you're like, "Oh, no. Oh, oh no, now no, no, no. no, I'm in a corner." <laughs> <Mm-mm-mm>.
1: <laughs> but I'm in I'm in the China chapter right now, and um, I'm kind of stuck where I think I need to get medicine for people because they're oh, yeah. complaining about stomach. So that's what I'm supposed to do. I have to go into the florist and get. I don't know. I got, like, a bunch of plants, but it's like, this isn't what I need, so, I don't know. I'll There's figure a, it
2: out. I think you're looking for Nature's Remedy. I so have a Nature's
1: Remedy, though, and I gave it to them, and they're like, no, this isn't it. Like, oh, okay. Uh, um. There
2: is one per you may have found the one person in the village who is not looking for Nature's Remedy.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> There's
2: one I, person I, in the village who just wants food, and you can just give uh, them food. Everyone else wants Nature's Remedy, though.
0: I can't really stand funny. Nature's Remedy. The crumbs just get everywhere. It's the messiest it's really thing funny. in the world. So much sugar. <laughs> um... Yeah, but I mean, every path kind of has its own thing going on its own, like, twist on the battle system. Mm -hmm. And and did you feel like that kept it fresh and, and kept that battle system from becoming stagnant?
2: It really did. Like I, I I really appreciated that. I also felt like it forced me to like understand the battle system. Because again, mm-hmm. like if you just start in Imperial China, like that, that's a very good primer. All, all the characters are mostly close range attacks and it's a grid-based battle system. So mm-hmm. on, on your on your character's turn, say like an, an ATB bar fills up, gets to the top, you can move that character around the grid. Uh, every action you do fills up everyone else's A T B bar a little bit more. So if you, mm-hmm. you can move pretty freely and it'll still be your turn, but if you move too much, then your enemy's ATV bar is going to fill up and they're going to kick the crap out of you before you're done setting up your thing. So you kind of mm-hmm. got to stress and you, they also like their moves will only hit certain places in the grid in relation to where yeah. they are. So the thing I learned very mm-hmm. quickly is don't stand on a diagonal from the enemy because everybody's got diagonal moves that will kick the <laughs> crap out of you. Never stand <laughs> diagonal from anybody. It's a bad idea. Uh, But you're basically like, you know, kind of watch it and you're learning from your enemies too. You're watching them and you're like, oh, they have an attack that hits directly in front of them and they have one that hits on a diagonal. So if I stay away from them or like one square away below them then i'll be safe and you're just like trying to constantly position yourself out yeah. of the way so they can't hit you and they're forced to move on their turn to get into position you just keep like trading mm-hmm. back and mm-hmm. forth but yeah you're right i mean i think like a Maru's chapter the edo japan chapter is really good because he's a he's a ninja and so all of his moves are like area of effect leave crap on the floor moves yeah like a ninja. <laughs> he's great traps for his enemies right, right, to right. walk through uh there is um I see like uh Pogo, I think, is really interesting. He's the little caveman guy in prehistory. Um, he's actually another good chapter to start with, I think, because he's very his moves are pretty straightforward. He has like cr- close range and long range moves, but uh the characters in his chapter use a lot of status effects. They can paralyze and poison. Uh a lot of their moves are fart based, which is pretty funny. There's a monkey friend that he has that throws poo. Uh that's that's pretty well, of amazing. Of course, a
0: monkey. Uh,
2: it's a legitimate uh, my, my,
0: strategy, all right.
2: <laughs> my other favorite is there's a girl that joins you that heals, um, but her he, her healing is like a singing, but her singing is just going, man! Nah! <laughs> it's really funny. Um, so he has like a pretty good, like, wide variety, like, arsenal of moves. Um, and then you have uh, like Masaru Takahara, who's the character in present day, and he has no, he has like two very, he's like a kick and a punch at the beginning. He's like no mm-hmm. abilities, is level two. He can't level up in his chapter. Uh, but whenever you face an opponent, you learn their moves when they do them against you. So his whole right. thing is like a he's strategy a where mage. you're trying to taunt them. It's like into a blue mage chapter. You and then you learn their move Ooh. and then you're you're basically like you got a roster of guys you got to defeat and the whole strategy of that chapter is okay who can i defeat with like no moves so i can learn their techniques it's, it's very mega, mega man. man it is mega man very mega man so then which which boss nice. do i use those techniques again? it's exactly like mega man
0: it's street um, fighter mega man that's cool yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> there is, uh, in near future is really cool because, uh, you like Akira, all of his moves are like wave based cause he's like a psychic. And so they're very like area of effect in like a horizontal line by him. So he can like get rid of big waves, but he also ends up traveling with a robot at one point and the robot has like its basic set of moves, but then you can also, uh, if you have items in your inventory, if you equip certain items to it, it only works on the robot. They don't work on Akira, but if you equip like certain items, then he can use like laser cannons and crap. And so you're basically like tricking out a robot to fight for you. Nice. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of that. Like the whole, the whole game is basically like all these different variations on the system.
0: I, everything about this game sounds wild. Like you've you've said so much stuff about the battle system, about the narrative, about, we haven't even talked about the music yet. Yoko Shimomura (gasps) has never known defeat. (sighs) Uh, Yeah. I am shocked that
2: I, sorry, I just keep gushing. I can't shut up about this game. Uh, I did not realize that Megalomania was one of her most celebrated pieces of work. Like, it genuinely is. Like, it's oh, in her yeah. Memoria album. I had never heard it before. Uh, it is incredible. And she, she, like, went back. It's not just, like, a remastered soundtrack. Like, she went back and did work on some of these. Megalomania now has, so like... Good. I mean, it's, like, an instrumental song, but it has, like, extra verses now. Mm-hmm, like, the, like mm-hmm. the music changes in ways that it didn't before. Uh, that new content that I mentioned earlier does include some new musical tracks, and they... Oh my God. They're so good. They're so good. I think I, I know one for sure. It might, I think it might have two new tracks in it, but one of them at least is just so, so good. Um, and yeah, like, like some of our other said, like "Kiss of Jealousy" is the battle mm-hmm. theme in uh, Pogo, the the prehistory chapter, and it's like very like jazzy and chill and really nice. And there's like like saxophones or something. It's I don't saxoph- know. Classic saxophone.
0: caveman instrument, uh-huh. saxophone.
2: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's all really really good. It actually makes it very unsettling because Far Future uh, Cubes chapter, which is like a little more of a, it's a little spooky. Uh, that chapter has almost no music. Almost. Oh. And so the silence, because you're in space and the silence is actually very eerie in that chapter.
0: What I was going to say is that we've got all these elements, so many things that make that that really make this game so incredible. It's also kind of a short RPG by it modern is. standards. Yeah. Which is okay. I, I, I'm seeing reports of about like anywhere from 20 to 30 hours, give or take. Um, yeah. Would you say that's about the right ballpark?
2: Yeah, I think it's uh, so um, I mean, I guess, again, trying very hard not to spoil. There are multiple endings to this game. Uh-huh. Um, there, are, there are two major endings that are worth seeing and then some slight variations on those. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to just see those two major endings, you're probably looking at about 25-ish hours because uh-huh. um, there is a little bit of work involved. There's some optional content as well. There's some secret bosses uh, that you can find and there are some optional dungeons towards the end of the game that you can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I found them mostly worth doing. Um, but yeah, it is, it's about that long. I think, I think there's like, there's like two things I want to say about this. One is that I feel story-wise, just, just looking at story, Live Live has no wasted space. Mm. Um, like, like there aren't a bunch of like long conversations about nothing, uh there's like one point in the near future chapter in Akira's chapter that I think is a little pointless where you're just running back and forth between places for no for like reasons I still don't fully understand like I don't know yeah. why that was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh but other than that one like very specific moment, it it's all like there's no wasted space, there's no weird there's not really side quests. Um there's not there's not like a bunch of just extra fluff that's in this for no reason. Like it's very tight and compact. Um it is grindy is grindy is the word I've been using. Grindy is not the right word. Uh, the seven vignettes are not gritty. Uh, the seven vignettes, again, like very tight. You're pretty much only doing the battling that you need to do uh, to like, you know, face your challenges. You're growing with your character. It feels all very appropriate and smooth. Um, the second half of the game has a lot of random battles in it. And <clears throat> for a period of time, those random battles are doing something. They're like playing off of a trope that I think works really well. And it's like very clever and enjoyable because of what they're doing but there's a point in the second half of the game at which I sort of sat there and I looked at it and I'm like, I am really into this story. The story is really cool. I want to see what's going on next. I am sick of running into monsters every five seconds. There yes. is no point to this. I wish I could turn these off. And I was just running from them. Like I didn't have to fight them anymore. I was already like very leveled up and sufficiently strong. I didn't need to do this anymore, but it just like every every few seconds, just pew 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 into random battles. And it was very yeah. annoying. And that That's is like the ass. one, the one little pacing note I have for this. is like, why, why just let me turn them off or if I'm going to be in them. Cause I was fighting at some point. So it's just like, let me speed them up. Let me do something here, please. Um, that's like the one tiny note that I have about it, um, is that it can get like, it's not grindy is not quite the right word, but it, it feels, it's, it's that kind of weird, bad feeling. Um, mm. but it's only mm-hmm. in that second act. And I think it's mostly so jarring because so much of the game is not doing that explicitly that when it happens, it's like, why, how did we get here? Uh, why did we not change this for the remake? Uh, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, the point I'm trying to make is like, it's 25 hours, but there's very, very little wasted space.
0: That, that I was think that's the good. thing. That that was the thing I was surprised by is I think a lot of people see this and they're like, Oh, wow, an RPG. This has gotta be huge. And then they're like, wait, it's only twenty five hours? Yeah. And and it uses those twenty five hours to the best of its ability. Like it does not really I feel it's kind of weird if you go back to some older RPGs. It's not like Final Fantasy Four is that long. Like Final Fantasy Four is not Yeah, it's like 20 epic, hours. yeah, it, it's not huge. But it's at not some that point. Long. Yeah, at some point, our, our RPGs became very lengthy, speaking as someone who has reviewed a Tales game. <laughs> um, oh, and
1: there's
2: like 30 hours.
1: Chronicles is about 30 hours, like maybe yeah, a little bit longer yeah. if you want to eke out every it's single tight. ending, but it's very easy to get through within 20 30 tight. hours.
0: And that's kind of the funny thing is we've got a Xenoblade Chronicles 3 coming up, which is probably going to be a beast of a game, going to have a lot of hours. Those games usually do, but Live Alive almost feels like a hearkening back to when RBGs, you know, largely by the way they were made at the time by what they were working with at the time had to be shorter. Right. But there's there's something really interesting about how compact and 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 no fluff, we're getting right to the stuff, we're getting right into it. There's, there's not even like a really a preamble, it feels like. Like you boot that game up, it's like, okay, what route do you want to play? Who do you want to play as? Like yeah. get into it. Like yeah. we're not going to give you an intro sequence that's like long ago many spirits assembled to fight a great evil it's like nah you want to play as the the fighter dude or the psychic dude or the little robot guy the <laughs> and, caveman, yeah and just go
2: yeah it feels it feels like they they executed on a vision like very efficiently like somebody had an idea in their head this is what i want to do and mm-hmm. then they put it in the game and they made the game about like that like there's not there's not all this like ambling around because we feel like we have to comp- like throw in like this many side quests there's not there's not all this like extra stuff it's just they they have an idea and I I feel like it's such a concise expression of that idea too um that that extra content that I learned about it that feel I I, I have a theory about it I really want to interview them about it I'm like bullying them into trying mm, to get an interview mm-hmm, about this mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I feel like mechanically I understand why it was not in the original but it feels like something they always intended to be there like, somebody mm. had that idea in their head, and they're like, "Ah, oh, crap, we can't do this on this on this horrible piece of hardware.
0: Uh, whatever. <laughs> they throw it out it, the window. The it, Super Nintendo is already threw, on fire. We can't their, handle this.
2: They threw their notes into a drawer somewhere, and then, you know, years later, uh, someone's like, hey, Takeda, you want to do Live Alive again? And he's, like, rusting through the drawer. Yes, I'm going to put this in it. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've got it. It's time. <laughs> we um, can
2: finally do things. <laughs>
0: There's like an old desk somewhere where they've like put old desks from the old Square Enix offices and you're just tearing through them, like opening locks with keys, trying to find the one document. We can um, finally
2: have this many sprites on screen at once.
0: Um I guess the last note I want to leave this on. Obviously, it sounds like Live Alive is a good time. Is, really good. is some might say worth your time and energy if you want a good Nintendo Switch RPG right now. And yeah. and even in a time when we are not wanting for good nintendo switch rpgs yeah but uh does this spark more hope for more square enix stuff to come over like this because at this point we're getting a lot of the dream ports that we've wanted right we've got chrono cross the radical dreamers we've got live alive we've got valkyrie profile is kind of getting like side into modern systems through the re-release on playstation square was just like i don't know yeah we can probably sell that again that'll work (laughs) and (laughs) and we'll just put that on the playstation store whatever it'll be on ps plus in like six months probably um like are there still games that we want ported forward i was legitimately like racking my brain trying to think of old games that have always been requested that have not been brought forward yet. Nadia, I know you probably can think of a few right off I mean, the top there's of your a, head.
1: Any Final Fantasy like, 4, 5, 6, I think would do really well with an HD 2D mm. remake. Uh, Bahamut Lagoon is one that oh. kind of slipped by on the West, okay. and I would love yeah. to see an HD 2D remake of that, especially with all the dragon yeah. designs. Uh-huh. I, I, never, I don't awesome. know
2: anything about Bahamut Lagoon, but in like the comments of every discussion of Live Alive I've had, like Bahamut Lagoon has come up over and over again.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely one of those, of course, it never came West, but definitely one of those uh, Super Famicom RPGs that came right at the end of the system's lifetime. So it was just kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, a little bit overlooked. It was one of the first translated games I think I played, one of the first tran- fan translations or maybe that was so net in the three, but either way, yeah, it would look really good with an HD 2 d remake. Dragon Quest three is coming soon. So yep,
0: yep, if yep. they
1: want to do any other, dra- if they want to do five in that style, I ain't going to say five. no.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, there are so many games that have come over at this point that I feel like nowadays I'm more surprised when it's like, Oh, this game never came over West. And I know Soma Bringer surprised me when we were doing the Monolith Soft Special. I was like, God, right, Soma Bringer. I'm still mad about that from my DS days, but there's so many games that Square Enix has now brought over and made available that it, it feels like a lot of these games are surprisingly playable on modern systems. I was yeah. thinking about booting Chrono Trigger up. I was like, you know, maybe you should. I, I should finally play this thing. I was like, oh, right, you can just play it on Steam now. It's just on Steam. I don't know if that Steam version's good or not. I know we've talked they about it They eventually
1: made it very good. They, they really worked at it because, man, when it came out, it got dragged, and it deserved it. Rightfully, yeah. It was not good.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I will yeah. finally play that video game.
2: I would like to see some other studios sort of take a leaf out of Square Enix's book here, because like Square mm-hmm. Enix, I, I love this HD two D format. I I feel like, aside from just being a nice visual way to represent a sprite based era in mm-hmm. modern with, with modern visual capabilities I think it also like sort of opens us up to those kinds of mechanics more too because like top down I think we've lost a little something right like this sort of top mm-hmm. down turn based RPG thing like everything does feel very Xenoblade Chronicles like which I, I don't like Xenoblade but that's that's like for unrelated reasons like I played Tales of Arise that's a very bloated ridiculous 3D RPG action thing mm-hmm. like I love Tales of Arise, but but everything is kind of like that now, right? Like yes, we we yes. feel very commi- unless you're in the indie scene, like everybody feels very committed to, you know, hundreds of hours, 3D world action RPG combat. Like it's very it, it's not as it's not seen as sellable to have top down sprite based turn based slow moving story story yeah. heavy but still concise rpgs anymore and i would love to see like other studios sort of like recognize that this is working well for square and maybe they can do something like, like i don't know if square is like trademarked hd2d I'm right sure i was wondering tried, that. uh but i'm sure someone could do something like it like you can't you can't trademark graphics you can't trademark making models of something i don't think probably not uh, so I would love to see more studios do this kind of thing. Like I would love, I mean, my, my dream is still seeing golden sun get just remade. Yes. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Like,
2: like with modern sensibilities, I actually think a Pokemon remake of like one of the original mm. games mm-hmm. in this kind of style would be really freaking cool. Like golden silver, just like this. That would be really, mm-hmm. really beautiful. And I would love to see like new games get made in this style too. Like I didn't, I didn't play triangle stra- strategy and I only played a little bit of Octopath. Oh. Uh, and I don't know, I, I know like people were kind of, buried how much they liked those. uh. But, but I think like, like people are into them. Like I would love to see more oh, yeah. things like that. I would love to see more people be a little bit ambitious with this format. I mm-hmm. don't think, I don't think the style of games is or should be dead.
0: Number one, I do think you should play triangle strategy. Octopath really? is kind of a love it or, or don't love it. Like I, like I, I feel very, okay. it, it is very hot or cold. I like ideas from Octopath more than I like actually playing Octopath. Uh, Triangle strategy is one that really I acknowledge its problems. It's one where it's like an 8.5 on the page for me when I have to like really assess it as a game, but it is still probably one of my favorite things I've played this year just because it is so like it it is so memorable. It is so it it really does feel like they took the idea of what if you made a new HD 2D game and Also, the tactics ideas it has are so fresh and so interesting. I love it. The builder guy is like one of my favorite tactics units ever now. I love that dude. There's a dude that his whole thing is he's a builder. and, And he's like, oh, I'm caught up in the war. So I've got to build like machines for killing people. But I just want to build things to help. And like, that's a really good character thing. It's a good character beat. But then he builds this thing that's basically kind of like, like like a spring trap that just like flings people and that's it you like put it down and if an enemy unit stands on it they get flung a couple spaces in that direction uh so you can like put it on cliffs so i would like put a little mage over there and it would like have his back turn and be like Oh, no, I hope nobody comes up behind me and backstabs me. And then I'd put like a a spring trap right next to it. And this big old night guy would come over and be like, I'm going to stab you. And he'd stand on the spring trap and go flying off the cliff. It was great. (laughs)
1: Sometimes there'd be spikes
0: at the bottom. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like any game that gives me moments like that, where I yeah. can just do stuff like that, and it encourages that, is a good game. So that's that's my pitch on Triangle Strategy. But um, it I I agree on the HD two D stuff. I think the weird part is, we there is that idea that like if you're going to make an RPG, it needs to be this big grand thing. But like. You look at Omori, you look at uh, some of even just some of the, the hype around things like She Dreams Elsewhere mm-hmm, that's yeah. um, still in development right now. Um, but you look at like Live Alive doing well. You look at what Square Enix did last year with stuff like Dungeon Encounters and uh, Voice of Cards, both of which yeah. I love Dungeon Encounters, mostly because I'm a sicko and I have problems. But <laughs> um, even Voice of Cards was like a very good thing for what it was. And more importantly, it was something that was so efficient and easy to make and easy to finish in like a weekend that they did it twice. They did it again and made another one (laughs) and and just rolled it out for for like another 20 or whatever. And it's I think as RPGs get more expensive to make, I think Square Enix has already kind of caught on to the idea that, you know, these aren't necessarily B games. They're well-made games. Mm-hmm. But these are things that are smaller, that are easier to make, that that we can kind of have some of our teams of, uh, we have all these IPs. Why are we using these IPs yeah. to do this stuff with yeah. that? And it's easy to kind of roll those out to fill in while they're still trying to ramp up to Forspoken and Final Fantasy 16 and stuff like that. Um, for sure. It makes a lot of sense for a company like Square Enix to get into this stuff. Less sense to get into nfts but that's another story entirely yeah, that's a <laughs> but, thing. um
2: i do sort yeah. of i have this like like theory in my brain like square enix i i don't i'm not like a very smart person about what goes on at square enix or who like the key figures i don't think anybody's smart or doing um but square enix has had sort of a thing recently of bringing back very old beloved games and then mm-hmm. putting new stuff in them the yeah. Chrono Trigger did it on the DS. like I think very effectively, the Chrono Trigger DS version had this extra content in it that was very good and like tied it to Chrono Cross. Chrono Cross has a very tiny, small amount of extra content in it, the Radical Dreamers edition. Uh, if you're not aware of that, if you finish Chrono Cross and Radical Dreamers both... Uh, and then watch the credits from the main menu there's a very small piece of extra content at the end of that that uh mm, is uh-huh. sort of like like just puts a, it's like a little tiny cherry on top of that story it's very interesting um, Square, live alive also has yeah. as i've said some beautifully fitting additional content and then there's just i mean final fantasy VII, just
3: yeah yeah, yeah. not even yeah. <laughs> going
2: to go in there. but there there seems to be this like because they have these people who have been working there for so long who have been telling like these stories and have had you know 10 20 30 years to sit there and ruminate on those stories like they are like very smart artistic people, and mm-hmm, they're mm-hmm. they're really doing very interesting things with sort of like like challenging and questioning what it means to still be engaging with those stories like this like this far down the mm-hmm, line. Like Chrono mm-hmm. Trigger's extra content was mostly just sort of like trying to do this little tie-in. Chrono Crosses yeah. is is trying to sort of like put a period at the end of the story, almost mm-hmm, like just a mm-hmm. like a single like Ulysses sized dot just to sort right, of say all right. right we're done here um live alive feels like it's the completion of the thing they always intended to do final fantasy VII is like this meta narrative trying to reckon with its own self as a remake which is just <laughs> incredible <laughs> to me i'm playing it yeah. right now actually i haven't played it in several weeks so i didn't talk about it but i, I was enjoying it when i was playing it i'm going to continue um but yeah like like square enix has been doing this like like very actively over several years and it's kind of fascinating like no one else does this i mean i Look, I I'm not gonna sit here and slander The Last of Us because I know people love it, but we've got like this massive hype for this remake of The Last of yeah, Us remake or remaster, yeah. whatever this is. But I mean, I I mean, I don't. It's not out yet, so I guess I can't really speak as to what they're going to do with it. But I don't think they're like engaging with the text in a new way. They're just like making it look prettier.
1: Yeah, basically, uh, because that, I mean yeah. that's what Naughty Dog
2: is very good at. They're very good at making these things that look pretty. But you don't see other studios engaging with remakes like this, and I, I that's really fascinating. And I really want to like. I just want to grab, like, all the really famous people at Square Enix and put them into a room uh-huh. and be like, okay, uh-huh. can we, like, can we, like, have a conversation about what's going on here? Like, what, right, right. what is the internal discussion about how you reckon with remasters and remakes? Like, why? I'd love to know. I love that you're allowed to do this. This is, like, all of these are very genius in different ways. And, like, what what's going on like like is this art is that what's happening is art is, being made are here? you making art square I, are, you making are you art
1: are you, ar- <laughs> are you arting again
0: i think it's it's something i've talked about before on here and ironically like before i was uh before we got on to record this i was watching as i was eating dinner uh tim rogers uh video about the Final fantasy 7 remake and he was recounting a story of talking to some people in japan at sony at the time about oh they should make a final fantasy 7 remake and this was around the time that the ps3 was coming out and a bunch of young people all laughed and then one old guy in the group uh who ruled who owned <laughs> <laughs> um, noted like what a philosophical problem that is and not yeah. just for like the people making it but for the people who play it because like yeah what does it mean to remake a game what how can you remake a game what does a remake constitute what is too sacred and what needs to be changed and how do you change it and stay honest to what you are can you stay honest to what you were does it have to be something new by design and it's there's a lot of really interesting questions there that when i see i i like just played the last of us i played it like a year ago for normandy fm and so i see the remake coming out and i'm like this game's like 10 years old and i'm sure there are some people that are really excited for it but live alive is more interesting to me because it's this thing that a was never available in in the west at least not in an official capacity it is a large remake it is changing the look and i even think just changing the look of that game brings up a lot of interesting new nuance to what happens there to what is being done on the screen and then you add in extra content you add in just the fact that there's like little quality of life things that seem like they help a lot too. like there's, there's kind of some differences in terms of the UI and things like that, that just are more modern and it's, it's this entirely new thing almost, but it's also this old thing that rekindles a lot of those feelings. And that's a cool thing to grapple with. So yeah, I do wish there were some companies that I will shout out, nintendo when whenever advance wars one and two boot camp does come <laughs> out <laughs> i i am fascinated to play that because i think i'm going to run into a lot of those things as somebody who probably put at least 100 hours into the original advance wars um i am fascinated to see what that looks like redone by a new company in a modern lens on a new system um does it have that magic and i i what is that magic? Can it be rekindled? Can you ever truly go home again? These are the questions we ask here on Acts of the Blood God. Very philosophical. Very deep. Oh. Uh. As always, we also have the summer of Gundam and Reb. I do have to ask: Are you a Gundam fan?
2: Uh, no, I'm not. Not a Gundam fan. Like, I'm not. I'm not anti-Gundam. You're
0: not anti-Gundam.
2: I here is what I know about Gundam. Uh, a conscientious a while,
0: objector to Gundam.
2: No, I just don't. I don't think about it. I don't think about Gundam very much. I think. <laughs> I, think the I understand that the principle of Mechs is cool. I really liked Gurren Lagann. That was a good anime. Um, mm-hmm. my my memory of Gundam is there was briefly a series of Gundam one of the Gundams on Tsunami and my memory of whichever one that was involved a very uh, a very tall lanky man with enormous black hair uh go- going inside a Gundam and putting on a red skin tight suit and then controlling said Gundam I think that was a Gundam show. What probably. were they?
0: Were they pretty boys? Were they pretty boys? In I don't space? remember.
2: I only have this this vision of the man in the red skin type costume controlling the Gundam.
1: Feels like he's wearing nothing
2: at
0: Wait, all. Wait, was it's, it like was it like a kind of a hawk shaped mask that came down that he put on? Did you like uh, put on like a hawk shaped mask? Maybe
2: someone in chat knows what I'm talking about. It, I believe it, it sounds
0: like Gundam Wing. I believe there may like
2: have Wing. also been a woman who was in a Gundam at some point, possibly. Um, she was probably in pink possibly that might Probably
0: be a good guess it could,
2: that could be made up oh I g gundam
0: I someone's saying g, g gundam. gundam that sounds right yeah uh,
2: yeah they were do- yeah okay yeah if they were doing like correct. big
0: if if it was like big goofy robot designs and they were doing like martial yeah. arts and stuff that's yeah. G gundam yeah. i watched that
2: for a little bit but i mean i don't that that's what i know so sure eric gundam. that's the
0: best that's the best entrance to, to gundam honestly it is It is literally, they went, what if we took this series known for heavy philosophical questions and war drama and uh, questions of power and state, and we turned it into a martial arts tournament with giant robots? A giant robots with tequila Gundam. It's not a bad pitch. It's not a bad pitch. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I have not watched much Gundam this week. Admittedly, I keep meaning to start the origin. And then I'm like... Uh, just picture like the Endwalker startup music the like, ah. <laughs> like just, every time I think about starting Gundam the Origin um, so I, I I'm admitting that while well, Cat Bailey is not here to, to chastise me for it but huh. Gundam the Origin will be happening pretty soon because we got to watch some of that before we get to Char's counterattack for the watch uh, the watch along that we're doing because well okay apparently it's Char that was another thing I learned in the oh, great on, really? in the great word pronunciation battle that happened in our discord over the last couple of days. Like we started a war with Shao. Sabin versus Sabin and, and Char got caught up in that, too. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's Cha. Say Cha. <laughs> Shao. Shao. <laughs> um, We, we got to do so that over- entire bit.
2: This is so over my head
0: I'm sorry we started mixing Gundam jokes with Simpsons jokes and just got yeah, too far sorry to about that it.
1: oh I've <laughs> seen more
2: episodes of Simpsons than I have of Gundam which is actually not saying much
0: say chowda um Nadia you want to bring us home <clears throat> oh, God.
1: <laughs> so, this actually is really short. It, it's just about my... Um, I think I, I talked once or twice about the Hebrew school I went to. Yeah, that was when I threw up in the hallway. That was. I told you guys about that. Because <laughs> Kat lost it. Same place, uh, in fact, my first day there. And uh, this was like a, a basement. Like, we were in the basement of a synagogue where we went and had our, our, our classes. And there was windows up, you know, ground level. So... You know, first day, I'm like, my name is so-and-so, and blah-blah-blah-blah, and I went to sit down. Two kids come by, and you can see them, like, in the window, at ground level, and they start looking in at us, and they're grinning. And I'm like, okay, whatever, they look like a couple of trouble <laughs> They go away for a while, we forget about them. They come back, they're wearing gorilla masks, and they start pounding on the window and screaming. Wow. <laughs> like, doing Tarzan yells, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> And... <laughs> The teacher is just like completely not moved at all. And she says to someone in the class, can you tell the principal? About it?
0: They've <laughs> been I teaching t- for a while. That is, that is a veteran oh, yeah. teacher right there.
1: <laughs> Especially with the Hebrew teachers I, I, I had like they, nobody wanted to be there. Absolutely. Nobody. Everyone was there to shut their grandparents up. That was all mm-hmm. the only reason mm-hmm. that they were there. So yeah. Um, there was one day actually that, we were all being rowdy assholes before the class started, and she walked in. This is the same teacher, same class. And she has this big smile, like, hi, everybody. How are y'all doing today? We're all screaming and jumping off desks or whatever. Someone threw a piece of chalk, and it hit her square in the forehead. And the second it hit her forehead, her expression went from this little, this sunny, beautiful smile to this incredible scowl. Like, (laughs) there was no... No pause whatsoever, no transformation. And to this day, I'm just like, wow, I'm honored that I got to see that, that no, reaction. No. Like that, I've never seen anything like that in my life. That, it's like something that out of a book. theater, Like yeah, something out of yeah. a book, like a theater, like, you know, like hexadecimal with her masks and reboot, like she just changes them. That's exactly what it was like. Oh, so that story didn't involve me throwing up in the rotary phones and all that, but it was still a, <laughs> still a hell of a time to be to be alive like that was uh yeah that was my religious education it was really it was really really thorough I guess I learned a lot
0: um I think that was a nook that was a nook that was a nice I don't know like the the
1: the screaming people with the gorilla mask then again given the 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 precedence I tend to set that was kind of the gorilla screaming does sound like kind of more nookish than pittish
0: Nadia the bar is like last week it was like oh kids almost drowning and stuff so like the bar for for pit is is so low at this point like any anything that didn't involve immediate mortal peril now kind of like crosses the <laughs> nook horizon i
2: have to like admire the uh the resourcefulness of these children who did this like like they just had they they had gorilla masks like on hand uh-huh. just sort of in yep in around uh and and like the idea to just like walk by random open windows until you find enough people to bother, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's uh, that's pretty resourceful, I guess, if you're just gonna pull dumb pranks.
0: I mean, when I worked at a church camp, I've told this a few times, but when I worked at a church camp, we had theme dances every week and they would change every week. So I just had a trunk that had a bunch of costume stuff in it mm. that I could just grab things out of. And that did come in handy a few times throughout high school and college was just having a trunk full of things so maybe these kids similarly equipped for any sort of needing to don it or maybe they're like agent 47 this is like agent 47 in training right now is they're just practicing their disguises you never know
2: yeah, this is better than what we get at like the big windows in the IGN offices. Here we get like a mixture of people casing the place to see like if we have good tech in here, which we do. Uh, and, <laughs> and and, and like, like weird fans, like people who have figured out that this is the IGN address. and oh. Like, oh, what can we mm. see in here? Well, the answer is nothing because I'm the only weirdo coming into the office. And it's not interesting to see the little reporter. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's like that's what we get at our windows. I'll, I'll take the gorilla masks. Sound fun. The,
1: gorilla mask, the fact that it was my first day. That's kind of what stands out to me. My first day of Hebrew school and and kids are pounding on the window and screaming. Although there was a time when, yeah, I told this one briefly, but it was similar when I was in grade 12, I think. And I had to go to stupid people math because I couldn't handle smart people math. And I walk into the classroom. And of course, it's like something out of like freaking like Michelle Pfeiffer, like that movie from the 90s. Like I walk in, there's two kids fighting and one of them throws another against the window and it cracks. And I'm just like, oh, this class rules and it did that was actually one of my favorite classes ever nobody because i went to a very smart kids school but when it came to math i was not smart at all so i finally suffered until i said you know what i don't want to be a doctor anyway i'm going to go to stupid people math and i did and that was great because just people fighting oh my god
0: now do you see someone get turnbuckled and is like oh i'm gonna like it here oh <laughs> it was god. great though oh my god Okay, we got well, to the pit. Nadia was go. like, was what do you mean pit. nook? I'm right back down to the pit. <laughs> <laughs> not not ending this on a nook. Oh folks, that's gonna do it for our uh for our normal episode. Uh as always, we are axe the blood god, patreon.com slash blood god. You can go back us there, support us. Uh, we've got a ton of different levels. They'll get you into different specials. Uh, shout out to all of our stars of Destiny at home. We got Teeps. We got Abby the Moon. We got Beware the Slimes, Drew RWX, EJ, Sardin, Spirus, and Zoo Batman in here right now. Thank you so much for tuning in and to all the other people that were dipping in and out over the night. Uh, we did record a little bit later, so thank you all for being flexible and still stopping by and, and saying hi. Uh, we've got a ton of great stuff coming up. You know, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming out, so we'll be having a whole episode about that, and then we'll have the August stuff to get into as well. End of the summer of Gundam, start of the autumn of the Avatar. We got so much content on the horizon. It is, frankly, bonkers. But for the folks at home, Rev Valentine, if more people want to find the excellent work that you do, where can they find that?
2: Uh, You can find my writing at IGN.com. You can find me on Twitter at DuckValentine, and since this is like an RPG nerd podcast for RPG nerds, uh, if anybody has any more recommendations for weird RPGs, like in the vein of Live Alive or Moon or Undertale mm-hmm. or Earthbound mm-hmm. or Contact, like weird oh, RPGs. Contact. Oh,
0: Contact. I never yeah, got to play Contact. that. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, we can talk about this another. bring me back to talk about Contact. I'll talk about Contact. Uh, weirdo RPGs, like th- that are kind of like that, that are like weird and meta and unusual structures. Uh, please tell me, like tweet at me or tell me in Discord. Like I'm, I, I want to play another thing like that. Yeah.
0: I have a feeling that's immediately where our post-show with the Stars of Destiny is about to head. Oh, but
2: please, yes, do it.
0: in the meantime, for Reb, for Nadia, for myself, thank you so much for tuning in. and We'll see you next week on Acts of the Blood God.